Hello, and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I am your host for today, Whit Lopez. I am super excited to be sitting here with artist and activist extraordinaire Claribel Ruiz. I'm actually sitting in CCC ADI in the middle of Harlem. If you don't know what that stands for, it's Caribbean Cultural Center African Diaspora Institute. And so this is actually the space where Claribel and I met when we were both fellows in the, uh, in the program here that kind of raises up cultural workers who are doing work in the arts, radical, radical work in the arts. And so um, I'm very excited to be sitting here with Claudia Bell. And we're going to start talking about Claudia Bell's art practice, but also Claudia Bell's activism practice. So welcome to the show, Claudia Bell. Thank you so much, Whit. Yeah, it was what? The cultural advocacy, innovative. Yeah, innovative <laughs> cultural. <laughs> we should know this, right? Yes. Unfortunately, sometimes too many acronyms are out there. We can't remember all the, oh, everything that we are. But it was very exciting six months um, of being here, of really being able to listen to the um, other activists, other other people who created foundations, created work um, inside of, of really creating a movement of understanding who we are as black people, um, black people, indigenous people. Absolutely. Here, not only here in the United States, but really from a from a, a world perspective. Absolutely. And those of us who are doing work in the arts and in culture to shift the narrative of violence that's existed, violence and oppression within those spaces, shift away from it. Exactly. So it was really wonderful being with, uh, well, we were 19 other people. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely seems like it. Yeah. So it was, and also it was, it was, it was felt very brief at the same time because there, there are some programs where you're like, oh, Lord. I gotta come. I gotta come over there and see them people. <laughs> but it never. <laughs> I gotta get up at what time? Oh lord! Right. But it right. never. And especially that you were coming from Philly, it never felt that way. It never felt like a a burden. Never yeah, felt a burden. It didn't, it very no. much felt excited. Very much felt like this is not enough. Like Absolutely. I don't get. A, I'm not getting a chance to um, just actually have conversations with you because we were. We were, it was. We had so much information and knowledge being um, given to us. It was really a wonderful Absolutely. experience. I'm very um, happy to, you know, have, been, have received that. And the space, the energy, the energy of the space in itself, because again, there are sometimes that um, the people who were here, Danetta and Katrina, were, were as hands, hands off as possible. They gave us who, you know, they brought in people to provide us with wisdom, and then they allowed for the space to exist. And I think that was that was wonderful. Absolutely. Um, I think, honestly, for me, being a fellow here, one of the things that I enjoyed was meeting folks who worked with, like, the Black Panthers, mm -hmm. you know, and folks who were like, yeah, you know, we were back there marching in the streets with our berets on, doing this work, making sure the communities got fed, making sure that people were well taken care of. Because we often forget, well, not we, but <laughs> not you and I in particular, but a lot of times the narrative of radical activism within the arts and within cultural spaces gets overwritten and gets silenced and gets taken out of archival spaces as well. So I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to meet folks who were not only doing the work in the arts and doing the work in culture, but who were also beating the streets and getting out there with the community members to really get a lot of work done. So that was exciting for me. Absolutely, and also a member of the Young Lords. Absolutely. 
uh, and I was just thinking about that. And even, you know, when we went down to uh, meet the, the founder of Black Gotham, you know, like how... Oh, absolutely. How, absolutely. How that information is still being brought forth. So, yeah, it was it was very exciting, exciting to... And also to, to meet the founder, right? Like the founder of the Caribbean Cultural Arts Center. Absolutely. African absolutely. African Institute. So for those of you listening, um, the Caribbean Cultural Center was founded in 1976 by Marta Moreno Vega, who is a Puerto Rican activist who who really brought this together, as well as other institutions um, like El Museo del Barrio, which uh, is a museum centered around uh, the Latinx experience in Harlem or in, in New York City, honestly, and it's expanded a little bit since then. Uh, but she was a founder of the Caribbean Cultural Center and um, and still works with it and still has a great influence over the organization. Actually, she's she's a little bit angry at El Museo del Barrio. <laughs> she, 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 did absolutely take is. she absolutely is. Because uh, El Museo, <laughs> now that we're, just, be, just to recognize that El Museo del Barrio was really created for the Puerto Rican um Latinx community here in 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 Harlem and also in Absolutely. New York City, right? Yep. With this really understanding who we are as um, urban, uh, you know, Afro Latinx people, and to really create uh, to really create art or have people come in art that's created for and about us, and that information is kind of that that has strayed from like the mission of really being part of a community being centered and so Marta has taken um what well, was this year actually that they yeah. it, but she took out all her her uh, artwork from a show <laughs> yeah yes she did because then Museo del Barrio is not um is not honoring its mission which Absolutely. I think is important for everyone to re- recognize that even though an organization is is created um by whoever founds it you know Whoever steps away, there are those who may, may may come on a board, may start, you know, actually not fulfilling on the mission that was that was for whatever institution was created. And so, it's up to. I was having a conversation with somebody about like, um, it's up it's up to us as community members to keep those institutions on track, on track, absolutely on track. And when they are not, to be like, this is a problem. You're here absolutely. for the community, right? And they have to be honest. About with the work they're doing, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I was telling her this as a as a as somebody who has founded something, right? Somebody absolutely. who's founding an organization, Dominicans Love Haitians Movement, and and across from her, I was like, I was like, you, I'm like, if if I died, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking here, 50 years, you know, whatever. But if I was not around, and if I knew that the mission that I had set forth that a, with a group, core group of other people was not being fulfilled, I'd be like, I would want to know. I would want somebody to stand up and be like, hey, this is this is not what was what we were setting out to do. Right, right. And I wouldn't want people to tell it was like you it is your duty to tell these board this board is they're in debt they are here they are they made a promise. Exactly to uphold this mission. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like you you have you're a part of this community. Just because you're not, your name is not on the board. Your this is still yours. Right. It is all right. of our duty to be like, hey, this is this is not acceptable. You need to you in case you don't know, um, you need to know. And if you're not doing something, and you did know, and you're not doing something, 
then you need to be off of that board because right. you're not fulfilling on the mission that was right. that was set forth. Uh, which is why you know decolonize this place is such a <laughs> you know powerful movement, right? Inside Absolutely. of them holding these institutions and these other people really accountable, especially these museums, really accountable to what what they set forth to do. Absolutely. So since we're talk talking about museums and we're talking about art and we're talking about our work in the arts, yeah. right? How we know each other and these institutions. Can we talk about your art practice uh, sure. and also your, your cultural worker practice as well? So as you mentioned, you are the founder of the Dominicans Love Haitians movement, which I think is like mind blowing. I think it's amazing cultural work. I think it's amazing artistic work, amazing community work and amazing spiritual work that needs to be done within the community too. So thank you for that work that you're doing. You. <laughs> you're, you're putting a lot of labor into something that is, has been needed for, for a very long time. And so I'm, I'm appreciative from, from my standpoint where, where I can view it from the outside, but, but I'm appreciative of your work. Thank you. So as, a, as an artist, how would you define your art practice? Uh, as an artist defining our art practice, so I think it, it definitely comes from a place of listening. Right, because when we first started Dominicans of Haitians movement, it did start. It started off as a project. Mm. It started off as a project inside of. Um, so. So, so it started in two thousand and nine. Actually, when I, when we first went to the Dominican Republic. Wow. And then finding out some information about us, and uh, about my family, about well, what was going on in my family, a history that was taken away, extracted. You know, we found out that our, our father informed us that um, his grandmother was Haitian. And it was just like, wow, this is history that uh, we, I had, we had none of, none of the family members knew about. And w also inside of that, there was, so this is my father at 70, finally being able to say this, right? Like, wow, my, wow. My grandmother was Haitian. And, um, and so being in the Dominican Republic and really listening to uh, the kind of information that was being told to us about, you know, there was just this anti-Haitianism. Even, you know, there was this, this negating of or discrimination about if you're Haitian, then you're somebody who's going to rob you, who's going to, you know, all these, all these terrible things, especially coming from the United States, being like, well, isn't that what they say about all of us who are black here? <laughs> that we're lazy, Absolutely. That, they, that we're shift-lift, that, that we're worthless, that we're going to rob people, that we're, um, we're unintelligent, all these things. And it's just like, so here I'm back, I'm here in the Dominican Republic for the first time as an adult, and being like, well, and somehow I think I, I imagine a utopia because the reality of living here in the United States, it's like, Maybe I was like, I needed some place to imagine that there was some place that was not like this, that, that there mm. were people who like, who, who could love each other for who we are. And then that kind of being stricken away. Not to say that mm. I didn't grow up here with my father being like very anti-black, right? But I think there was just like a hope, a hope for something that, that was not what we were experiencing here. Mm. And then going there and being like, this is just as terrible a place as the United States. Mm. Here, you know, there is just as much racialized discrimination here <laughs> as there is in the United States. Here is a place of uh, 
And why? For what reasons? So it was right, a lot of, right. um, and and it really kind of got that why, why, why for that reason inside of my, so our parents were married for like over 50 years. And that moment when my father said my grandmother was Haitian, my mother said, oh, if I would have, ne- if I would have known that, I never would have married you. And it was just oh like, my God. oh, so wow. Wow. this is the love of your life you've told me. This right. is the love of your life. You've had five children with him. And because if it turned out that he was Haitian, then you, I was like, okay, so this, it, so it just upped the level of like, oh, crazy. This is insane. The, the insanity of it all, right? And so that was really the impetus. That was the beginning seed of being like, oh, something's happening. And us, our background at that point, we went to High School of Performing Arts, LaGuardia, study drama. Okay, right? LaGuardia. Uh, okay. <laughs> See, I had an audition for vocal music at LaGuardia, never went. Uh, so, so I'm a little bit jealous uh, of people that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that went to LaGuardia High School. Yeah. No, but seriously, no, that's awesome. Thank that's cool. you. Yeah, so we went to La- yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing, yeah. And actually, we were a little pissed at LaGuardia because we got in, we, we went in for three things. Mm. We went in for music. We were playing saxophone at that time. Nice. Drama, something that we had never studied. And also art that we practiced, you know, we did art on a mm. d- on a regular basis. So we got in for art and drama. And we didn't get in for the sax, for playing for oh. music, which is what we actually did want to go into. We oh. actually wanted to study music. <laughs> and I got... <laughs> mm, I'm sorry. It's okay. I wouldn't open my mouth. There was a... <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> open my mouth to... To recreate um, sound, you know, to make sure that our ears, you know, the tone and stuff. But anyway. <laughs> um, but I went in for drama. So, you know, I, so I had this, this drama uh, background. Um, we actually studied in graduate. We had graduate school. We went and were, did media and filmmaking. So at that point, we were working at an agency teaching young people how to create documentaries. So, you know, there's this, all this, there's this art very much um, understood how important art was. And also we, were, we had done poetry. We were doing poetry as well. Like throughout our whole graduate experience, we would be always telling our pe- uh, people in our program, can you, what's that new poem? What's the new poem that you, <laughs> they, you know, like, <laughs> like they knew me as that, you know, as part of that. But um, so there has always been this art, this grounding of art, um, even growing up, right? Growing up through our, our Right, elemental uh, uh, experience as a, as a child, as a as a teenager, and as an adult, knowing like art for us was like this is this is the place where you can actually um, have a voice that's beyond just this this one place, right? That it can when it touches somebody, it really it communicates something that is far beyond what you in your own self can can even see at that moment. Um, so we understood that after 2009 that we were, we were ruminating on like, what can we do? What can we do? Right. And, it, and, it, and so we were in conversations. So one, we started being like, we need to understand our history because we have no understanding of what has actually taken place on this island. Mm. Um, or even at or even as somebody black here in the United States. Right. Yeah. Um, And then we were like, okay, you have to start understanding your history that you have that you have somehow put aside for whatever reasons. Maybe because it's it's difficult sometimes, or 
you know, you hear so much of the tragedies, right? Or that you're so immersed inside of the tragedies that you're like, I don't want to hear any more tragedies or read more That's tragedies, real. right? That's real. But there came a place where it's like, well, you, you, what are you going to create without having an, an understanding of how this thing has arisen? Like, where is, why did this discrimination happen? What, how did these things happen? So I think that's the first place of, a, of an art practice where you start having to start under, if I want to give voice to something, you have to start understand what is that? You right, have to start understanding right. what that is that you want right. to give voice to, right? Um, even if you have your own opinions, there, there's, I think, a place where you have to understand what was also the historical understanding of these things that have happened. And so that was, that was the beginning of the art practice. Because up until then, it's like, you know, studying drama, you're studying other people's work, right? But if you're, I was creating my own poetry, it was from my own experience, right? The experience of what was happening on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so it's just like, well, how do you start marrying those two mm. where you're giving, you're allowing your honest and also getting connected to something that's beyond even you. Right. Definitely. That, that spiritual realm that is like in the listening of like, OK, what's where am I going? What's the trajectory that I'm going into? Where where is the where is my space that mm. is outside of these things that I thought I should be? Um. So I think that's the first place of the practice, where it's the listening, not only the internal listening, but also the external listening, and the external listening that is that is from a higher place. Wow. Um, and so that, because when we started Dominican Slavations Movement, we've, we've, the first initiation was bringing um, poet, Dominican and Haitian poets and musicians together. Mm. And then... Um, that's wonderful, and it it was beautiful, and then it, it and then kind of like having a, a through line of some historical informations and uh, having quotes. Um, the first one we we had quotes from Franz uh, Fanon because it was it was like for us it was like oh he's at this point a very like a point in history of like his uh, understanding of what it is to be a black person here mm. in in this. In this area of life, in this, actually, the whole world, <laughs> uh, you know, like this philosophy yeah. of like what has taken place, right? Um, and so those were like we. So, I think the other part of being an art person is that you allow the process to also carry you through. That you that there's a place of that you know that you want to get somewhere, but that you're open to allowing you allowing an allowance of an opening up of a space to be like, this may be the place that I want to get to, but that there's also a place that I may not have imagined getting there at all. Mm. Like that there's an, the allowance is allowing what could come up inside of the process in, in the art. So for instance, we had a, as part of Dominicans of Haitians movement, we then started asking people to donate black dolls. Mm. And, um, that's little, wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Like, because we were like, we understood how media plays such an important part. Like what's, what's perceived, what's, what is in front of us. If we have a lack of our own images of what we see ourselves, we can't see ourselves and how, how do we know who we are, right? How, how Absolutely. There's so many uh, images, so much information that actually negates who we are as black people. Right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. now it was like, and, I, and then knowing how difficult it is to find a black doll here in the United States, what mm. is that like for somebody who's in the, in the Caribbean where 
there are not people who are doing these things or not as as often or don't receive them as as much i'm seriously like i'm in new york city i can't find a black doll that's <laughs> and it is supposed to be the mecca of like receiving of being right. able to access to everything. everything yeah yeah um then what's the likelihood of that happening overseas elsewhere where, yeah. elsewhere where where economies are are you know that there's maybe a, a less industry of certain things or being able to you know import certain things that are not being created in that country so we understood that there was a place where we had to also make dolls now what I'm so what I'm referring to is that here is this human being who has who had who took one course in sewing although our father was a tailor <laughs> our father was a tailor we never studied with him we never we, you know we would sit with him during some things but this is yeah. not something that we we did right we took one sewing class <laughs> we're <laughs> poet you know uh screenwriter filmmaker uh theater background performance background but we knew we were like we have to make dolls as well right and but we're quite intelligent. So, so we looked at, <laughs> we were like, we, with this one sewing class behind us, we started making dolls. That's beautiful. It is. The, the crazy thing is being like, how, <laughs> we didn't know, like literally making dolls would lead into another form, an, another art practice for us. Mm. Like making dolls. And there was this moment, because there was a, a, a this uh, young lady, um, Ashley Torres from UMass, who was going was going to um, the Dominican Republic, and she asked us if we, as an organization, had um, forty dolls because she was going to be working with young uh, women. I was like, "Sure, we have forty dolls." She was like, "But there's one catch. Um, you know, we having there's an ecological problem in the in the DR, which there is all over, right? Where we have too much plastic in the seas, mm. on land, you know, think." Bottles being thrown yeah. around here and there. There's, there's there's trash, right? We're not taking care of our the world. She's like, so do you have forty um, cloth dolls? Wow. And I, at this point, you know, wow. people have been giving us dolls, and I looked around my apartment and I was like, I got all these dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I got like three cloth dolls. Okay. Hey. Oh no! Oh, and you're asking for forty, but it was it was like I was like okay, I said yes because I was like God, we're gonna find a way, we're gonna find a way to do this. So, with so we started, we started making cloth dolls, and with community, we who had a community of women who came and supported us, we started making these things. I tell you this much: with there was a point where because I would come from work and go to work on making these dolls, there was a point at which. Like the deadline is getting closer and closer to where these dolls have to be delivered because they're leaving to go to DR, right? And they're actually in Boston. So there was a point where I'm literally sewing legs, you know, <laughs> arms, body, and I and I swear to God, I was like, oh, God. unfortunately, our father has passed. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. But there was a moment as I'm sewing, and I'm like, he's here with me. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. He, I, was I like, love that. He is because it was like, you know, like, and I was like, and not only him, but also historically, like everybody who came here from from like my mom, the first thing, all actually all of 
all of our family members, the first thing that they were doing here when they when they landed in the United States weren't actually working in factories. My grandmother, my when my grandmother came here from Puerto Rico when she was 16, she was in a factory too. Yeah, pretty much like I feel like a lot of our families were in these like sweatshops kind of here. Yeah. And I literally was, I'm sewing and I'm like, I know that I, I, I literally was just like, all of those people are here. That's real. That's real. That's so real. That empowerment. Yeah. That's beautiful. And literally, it was like, it was like, this is, this is the mission. Like, mm. as uh, I was like, and God help, I was like, this is what it felt like. Backbreaking, neck breaking. <laughs> Machine wow. breaking, yes, <laughs> and yes. being like, "Yo, there's a mission here, and this is absolutely this is, and like bringing all that energy, bringing all of that, bringing our, you know, our every family member, and being like, this is we we are. This is by far, and really understanding like this is bigger. I know, like in that moment, oh, yeah. like this is I know this is bigger than than anything. That's uh, real. So yeah, it was it was really. And then being amongst other people who were here in the space with us as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> making the hair for the dolls, making the clothes for the doll. And it was just like, okay, this That's is... That's amazing. That's the work. That is the work. That is beautiful. Yeah. So I think the other part of the, our practice is in the side, of, uh, again, is still the listening of like, and then um, the listening of that, being able to be in that space and being like, hearing all those hearing our ancestors and that hearing our father's you know mm. voice hearing that energy definitely feeling that energy and so yeah so that was a really uh, so it was really important um to be like oh here you're taking this creative energy He, I was like that one sewing class. I was I wanted to make clothes. <laughs> I did everything. <laughs> we, we never thought we were going to be making dolls, you know. And then inside of creating dolls, that those dolls, creating dolls would lead to looking at how to create dolls to use them as a, a space of um, using it as an anti-racist tool. Really, like mm. having other young people create small dolls, like dolls that kind of resemble the, in the Dominican Republic, we have these, these dolls that were created by an artist, the, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name, but her last name is Limong, Limen. And so they're the faceless dolls. They're, they're mm. the porcelain faceless dolls, the, the porcelain dolls that are faceless. And so inside of that, we were like, oh, let's bring that historical, you, you know, why did she create these dolls and mm. these, these porcelain um, figurines? And so for her, it was inside of, um, I'll say our word is to make, pe- making peace, like with mm. um, who are the people who are on this island. African, indigenous, and European descent, right? Mm. So there's this facelessness that we can kind of, um, that you can see people's commonalities. You can mm. you can accept people as, as we are. Wow. Versus constantly seeing these differences. And so we started creating, so actually our dolls were inside of that realm, like they have no face. And so we started making smaller ones to be like, so that other people could, younger people, adults, could create their own dolls, right? These, these self-contained uh, spiritual vessels, because that's what we started. We started understanding how spiritual, instead of making our own, like 
every time making a doll, it felt like it was like I'm creating. This is a little per, you know. This is this is its own energy. It has its own. It has its own story. It has its own clothes. You know the way it, it moves. And so, in having people create their own, it's just like, how can they can also have an understanding of what it looks like to create, like to be part connected to the spiritual um, uh, realm. Really, like that's how we see art. It's like being connected to a space that's beyond here in this physical. Like when we started making these dolls, it was just like, oh, oh, I get, it. I, I have a, 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 a bigger understanding of what it is to make, to create, right? Um, so, so yeah. So now here we have little other human beings making their own dolls and having conversations about what it is, what does it look like to, to kind of unpack racial discrimination to unpack um, what it is to have different skin colors to unpack what it is to have certain bodies because because you know certain bodies look certain bodies don't have arms they may not have legs absolutely and that doesn't take away people's humanity because they don't they might not have some a limb or 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 your body may be shaped configured in in its own particular way right 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 Uh, what does it mean about gender what is gender right. really? Gender is not right. about the clothes that you put on, right? Nope. <laughs> it has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> nope. Uh, and to be able to have those conversations as as we're building, as it's like you're building your own little, you're building your own. And now let's distinguish what the, what that looks like to be human. Because mm. um, ultimately, I don't think we don't have enough of those conversations. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, and so it's interesting how this vision has now, and this art practice has now led to something that is, that we, that we see how profoundly connected it is to spirit and, and see how profoundly it's connected to just being able to sit, sometimes just sit and listen for what's, what is calling you forward and to step into that. Absolutely. Because if you would have asked me 10 years ago, are you going to be making dolls? And I'm like, what what the fuck (laughs) dolls got to do with any... (laughs) like what I I know that feeling I know that feeling I like being and it's also around making too yeah like being like why am I doing this this is not what I intended at all ever right that's not part of the thing I didn't go to I didn't go to blah 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 to do that and it's like well you know the universe has something else for you to to be doing always all all day (laughs) so you just best sit down and right, be and like, listen. and listen and be like, and then accept the fact. Stop, <laughs> stop like a, like, you know, being on those, trying to get away from that leash or something. It's like, no, you know, actually you can find, um, there's, there's a lot of freedom in understanding, you know, where, where you're being led to when you accept, when you, when you say yes, um, mm-hmm. instead of to fighting against it. Cause we understand we have done a lot of fighting. <laughs> right, right. We fought a lot, and yep. um, and that has not been that has that has actually stopped our art practices many of times when we have thought that we should be doing X because society says that that's what we should be doing. Mm. That's um, or that we that we thought success would look this way because that's 
because because that's what society says, right? Wow. Versus um, following our own inclinations and be and following our own just the listening, really, just yeah. the being able to listen because then the path will get clear when you just stop. I mean, we've come a long way. Um, with a spiritual practice and inside of that spiritual practice how it it has allowed and opened up this the space to be like as creative our, a creative human being um yeah we we don't have enough time for like all of the <laughs> all the lessons that we had to learn the hard way right in order to be able to be where we are right now but that the one thing that i'm clear of that inside of stepping into a place of Yes, this is possible to do Dominicans Love Haitians movement. It's possible to create, to be an art activist. It's possible to, because it was scary. Always, Always, right. It's always scary. It's like there's never enough of something, never enough of money, never enough people, never enough, never enough, never enough even your own validation, you know. Or energy. Energy. (laughs) There's all these, it could be never enough. Yeah. But But there was this, Literally in 2006, like having, like literally have, since 2009, having conversations, you know, ruminating, like constantly thinking, talking to people about this, you know, reading, learning, but talking to people about this. There came a point where I literally sat down and was like, are you going to keep talking or are you going to actually do like, are you going to actually do something? Yes, yes, yes. And that yes. I think is the other space of, of being an artist, right? Where it's like. You actually just have to take that leap. There and that go. leap is a faith of like, and knowing being like, ain't nobody, people may not care about this, yeah. but I care. Right, right. And that is, that is the most important. I care. Right. I think that this is important. I exactly. think that this is, I, I have a voice, you know, cause for so many Absolutely. years, seven years working with young people being like, you have a voice, you have a voice. But where was my voice? My voice Ooh. was... <laughs> We clap that one up real quick. <laughs> you know, like yeah, no, that, like, that's real. That's real, and that happens to a lot of us, especially like when we're doing community work and we it's very hands on and it's very grassroots. We're encouraging a lot of other people, and then we're going home drained, going home empty, and we're just like, wait, who am I in the midst of this? Who am and and yeah, you're right. You have a voice too. Yeah, this is this is important. Wait, there were so many days that we would go home. <laughs> So many days, especially during a particular time where people, we weren't having conversations about microaggression, right? As a black woman working in a, in a nonprofit um, agency that use, use the wor- uses words like at risk to talk about our, our population, right? To talk yeah. about our, our people, you know, yeah. the, the, to reinforce the, stereo, the, stereo, the negative stereotypes because yeah. you're looking for money, because you're asking for money. Yeah. Um, there was a place... There is a place where I probably, you know, and having these, looking at these, you know, the way that we, that we were, because we included myself, right? This is how you see who I am. Um, that those things after a while was just like, I, I, where's my love? Mm. Where, who, who's giving me validation? Right, right. Who's acknowledging me? And not to right. say that. In the sense of who's just saying thank you. That's real. And um, I say thank you, but who says it to me, right? 
yeah, those things, those things eventually really re- eroded the spirit, eroded my spirit. Mm. And there was um, many a days that we would go home, cry, and being like, all we want to do is make art, but we don't have, but all we want to do is make, you know, document, narrative films, whatever, right? Yeah. But there were so many days it was just like, I was seriously not writing poetry either. Like there was just so many yeah. days of like you just being depleted, like you said. Yeah. And um, and so I think in some respect, now that now that we're having this conversation, that was like a lifeline. Just wow. in creating to minute, it was just like, uh, you, because there were so many. It was like, what happened to that girl that went to college? <laughs> you know that energy of being like, I'm gonna do X. Right, I don't give a right. fuck about nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, like that righteous, you know, warrior, that, that energy that's just like, fuck everything. You know, like people, society says that that I'm X, Y, Z, but I don't give a, I'm, I don't care about that. I'm gonna be whomever, right? Right. Or I'm going, to, I'm going to, I'm going to, whatever that I'm going to is. And there came a point where it was just like, ooh, we don't even know who that person is anymore. Right. We don't have that energy right. anymore. We don't, we, We've literally been diminished. Mm. Um, and some of that diminishing has been our own co- internalized, internal conversation. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's been compounded by the external conversations or the, or the silence, the Absolutely. The lack silence. of support. Yeah, yeah just the yeah. lack of support. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so really I, I see now that in creating this, it was really, a, it was a space of being like, you are capable. And you have to, and there's a, a space of faith in being, in not knowing. And it's okay not to know. It's okay to listen. It's okay to, it's okay to ask for Definitely. what you want. It's okay to uh, look for the, look for a place that will give you what you don't have right now. And so, with every ex, with every um, proposal that we sent out, with every acceptance and and rejection, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> there were those places where we got accepted. You know, you get accepted. There, there are different levels, right? Because if you you look for a grant, you may get accepted into the first round, but that doesn't mean you're a final a finalist, right? That's true. But even in those moments of being accepted into the first round, it's just like, well, that somebody's saying, that's a space of being like, this is important. Somebody's saying yes. But even more importantly, I'm seeing that I'm saying yes. I'm I'm looking for it. Things are being, I'm stepping into this place. Uh, listen, we, we got to, for inside of this uh, cultural advocacy, innovative cultural advocacy at, at here at the at Cadi, we got denied three times. Oh, wow. Wait, two times. Three, two times. The third time wow. was a charm, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, but, and you, we could say also be like, well, it was this, it wasn't, this time was important. Maybe the, the first time that I, maybe I wasn't aware of something that I needed to be aware of. Mm. Or there was a strength that wasn't still developed. Maybe mm. the second time, the third, whatever it was, this was the time when we got accepted and thankfully met whomever we needed to meet. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even the other, and you got an award too. And got an award. Yes. At the end. You, got, right. you, you were recognized by, by not just our cohort, but across 
across cohorts because what we were were class number seven, seven. Mm -hmm. so that meant there were six other classes that saw you and saw your work and thought that you were worthy of being rewarded because of your hard labor yeah and that was amazing that yeah. was amazing. Because you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. It's yeah, and real. even here, being sitting across from you and being like, you know, having this conversation. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to be on this journey. I'm glad to hear that. This journey of like, that this is this in creating this organization that that in itself is an art practice. Mm. That is itself a dedication definitely and and a meditation a mantra absolutely that's beautiful yeah and um and and now and also and also we were having this conversation before we started the recording right and also having this conversation of and now what's next outside of outside of this because now it's a right. non-profit and knowing, like, now that it's its own, it is a child that is growing, mm. that now, if we see ourselves as the parent, we gave birth to this, right. that there comes a place where now we have to step us outside of that and be like, now what else are we going to create? Absolutely. That is not, that is outside the Dominican Slave Haitians movement. Because one of the things that we, one of our philosophies is that a lot of organizations that are started by people, unfortunately those people who started something that may not be politically correct. I don't care. They, but they may stay too long. Or it's no, like, that's real. That's real. <laughs> like you've been there 40, 50 years. It's like, well, you know, uh, there has to be some other new energy that's getting created so, mm. or you lose sight of the mission. Oh, definitely. Sometimes uh, you lose sight of yourself being in a, being in one place for too long. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, even as we're creating, even as we're creating Dominicans Love Haitians movement, we are very aware that when are, when are we going to be leaving? Mm. That we have an exit strategy that is not 40 years into it or 30 That's years. That's wonderful. That is literally like, you know, we're looking at a 10 year span of being like, we, we have to, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We have to allow. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like, you can't create something else. Like, yeah, you have all this knowledge that you've built. Right. Up. Right. Do something, create another, create Absolutely. something else, and Absolutely. Then, and else, something else and some, you know, whatever that there is because it's needed. Yep. Um, especially in this, in this time, in this age it's needed. These conversations are wanted. They're, and we need to keep having them. I agree. And I'm very grateful for this conversation that we've been having. It's absolutely amazing. And as I've said before, your work with Dominican Love Haitian Movement, founding it and being the heartbeat of it, doing all this labor, which I know, I know some of it is backbreaking. I know it is. And some of it is probably also heartbreaking, but I'm grateful to you for this work that you're doing. And I know that there are plenty of other people who are also grateful for the work that you're doing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of this. And thank you for also allowing me to interview you today on Art Blog Radio for our Latinx Heritage Month 
series. This has been an absolutely beautiful conversation. I'm, I'm so glad to know you, and I'm so glad that this institution, CCC ADI here in Harlem, New York, brought us together. I look forward to the work that you're doing, what, what you see yourself doing after this 10-year mark for yourself. I look forward to all the work that you'll be producing in the future because I know that it's going to be thoughtful. I know that it's going to be what people need and also what you need for yourself too. So that's really awesome. So thank you, Claudia Bell, for joining me today on Art Blog Radio. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. For those of you who are listening out there, you can listen to this podcast on our blog's website. You can also listen to it on Apple or Spotify. So thanks so much for tuning in and have a great day. Bye, y'all.